0: Welcome to the Productivityist Podcast. I am Productivityist founder and productivity strategist, Mike Vardy. And today's episode, this week's episode, is about meetings. And this week's episode is sponsored by WorkLife. You can find them at worklife.com. And WorkLife is an online tool that helps teams have more productive meetings. Let's not waste any more time and get into this episode, which is all
1: about meetings. We're
0: having a meeting, aren't we, Lee? Really.
1: We are indeed. It's a Productivity is meeting. A proper set a tete <laughs> This
0: is Lee Garrett. Uh, he also works with me over at Productivityist, and he's, he's also at Solium Says as well. So, um, But we want to talk about meetings today. That's the, the theme of, of this week's episode. And as you've probably noticed... Uh, one of the things that we're going to try to do is, is change the way that this podcast is done. And, and actually, before we sat down to talk about uh, this and actually you know, go into this episode, we actually sat down and kind of talked about some of the things that, that we needed to discuss, which is essentially a meeting. We came in with with actually we came in with not as much of an agenda as we probably should have, which is, I think, one of the things that we find as to one of the reasons why meetings suck. Right. <laughs>
1: Yeah, this is what we call a dynamic agenda, I think, isn't it? <laughs> in that we came in and we had sort of like two or three things we wanted to talk about. And I'm sitting here looking at an eleven-point plan, I think, of stuff that we're gonna go through <laughs> and begin. That's why meetings suck. You come out with a hell of a lot more than what you went in with.
0: Well, it's it's funny, uh, one of the things that, that I've been looking at, especially because I deal with a lot of clients who are struggling with meetings, whether they're they're working with me one-on-one in productivity as coaching or whether or not I do a workshop with them or doing a, a talk. And they're all stuck in meeting hell. Uh, They're meeting five days a week. All hours are covered, so they can't get into the deep focused work. And one of the studies that have come up, plenty of studies come up with similar results, but Industry Week reported this, and this is coming from Financial Post. We'll be citing these in the show notes, of course. All of the, 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 uh, the stats we'll be citing in the show notes, but 2,000 managers were surveyed, and they claimed that at least 30% of the time spent in meetings was a waste of time. And a 3M Meeting Network survey of executives found that 25 to 50% of the time people spend in meetings is wasted. Uh, and and you, you, can, you can really see that happening when you go into a meeting and you're having a meeting. One of the big no-nos is to have a meeting just for meeting's sake, right, Lee?
1: Absolutely right. I mean, how often do you find yourself turning up at a meeting and not every single person in that meeting either wants to be there or knows why they're there in the first place.
0: Yeah. It, it, one of the things I used to do when I was working at Costco is we all had to par, a, a general manager's meeting and it was the worst part of my, and it was a Monday, which we'll talk about why Mondays aren't a good day for meetings anyways, but it was one of the worst parts of my day because it First off, it broke my flow and I had to schedule around that meeting, which was very tough considering I was working in an environment where scheduling was very important because we're doing Mm -hmm. customer service. But then also I would go to this meeting and it would be upwards of 90 minutes to two hours. And I'm listening to everyone give their reports. And a lot of the stuff had no direct or even indirect impact on what my job was at that company.
1: Mm -hmm none so the percentage of that meeting that had anything to do with you whatsoever was what five percent
0: maybe at, at best at best and and because of what we're seeing with with meetings and another study that, that's out there is a uh, um new york times lisa belkin uh, reported uh, that basically the average worker only worked three days a week or about an hour and a half a day the rest of working time was wasted with unproductive meetings heading the list of time wasters and the thing is is when you're in a meeting that that sucks and wastes your time you've had to leave and break your flow go into this meeting and then it takes you that much more time to gear back up into a state of flow again
1: well, we can't all work from home like you, can we? <laughs> You're living the dream. You're living the non-meeting dream. Not from this one, of course. This is a good one.
0: No, we we can't. And, and and this is one of the things that that I'm 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 finding is is challenging. And let's I want to play a little bit of a clip from uh, Jason Fried, who works for Thirty Seven Signals, now known simply as Basecamp. And he's a big believer in that the two things that really can be toxic to your productivity m ms as he calls them, meetings and managers. Let's listen to a clip of that. Meetings aren't work. Meetings are places to go talk about things you're supposed to be doing later. But meetings also procreate. So one meeting tends to lead to another meeting and tends to lead to another meeting. There's often too many people in the meetings. And they're very, very expensive to the organization. Companies often think of a one-hour meeting as a one-hour meeting. But that's not true unless there's only one person in that meeting. If there are ten people in the meeting, it's a ten-hour meeting. It's not a one-hour meeting. It's 10 hours of productivity taken from the rest of the organization to have this one one one-hour meeting, which probably should have been handled by two or three people talking for a few minutes. One of the things that meetings are, are are major distractions, right? And we can... Have you ever been in a situation, Lee, where you are working on something and you know that you're going into a meeting that isn't worthwhile for you?
1: Yeah, all the time. I've been working... I'm 38 years of age now. I've been working... Corporately, since I was 18, and I think I've been to one productive meeting in those 20 years that I've been in. It's the thing. The thing is, I don't, I don't even like the word meetings. I think I think there's something about that that just that just irks me. Workshops, workshops are completely different. If I was knowing that I was going to a workshop where you've got a specific end goal that you have to achieve by the end of that, then fantastic. Workshops rule and I absolutely love workshops. Everybody wants them. Everybody wants to get into them. Everybody knows that they're going to get something fantastic out of a workshop, but. But meetings, no, badly badly laid out. No agenda. Um, I could I could sit here actually for the next half an hour and I could go through all of the reasons why every single meeting I've been to has failed one way or another. Well, the other the other potentially thing... my attitude maybe going into a meeting probably doesn't help now either because <laughs> I know what's it's going what to be like.
0: Well, and the other thing now what we're seeing is, and this is again the distractions happen within the meeting themselves. So, for example, and I mean I've I've dealt with a number of, of clients that have done this, and even when I've gone into meetings. Uh, you know, even now, you're seeing people that go in with some have pen and paper, some have laptops, some of their mobile devices. So even their attention isn't fully present. If you've got a notebook, that might be one thing. But if you're using your laptop or your phone, how do we know that you're fully present in the meeting? So not only are you wasting your own time in the meeting, but you're wasting the time of others in the meeting, agenda or otherwise.
1: No, that's very true. One, one, one thing I did start to do as soon as I started working for myself and I started getting myself a, a regular client base is is one of the first things I bought was my my Evernote Moleskin, and the reason for that is because. Even though I knew that I was using on the outline when I have my MacBook Pro in a meeting or or my iPad, etc., and I knew that I was taking a proper templated set of notes that I'd be able to take actions on and delegate those actions out effectively afterwards, I always knew that the client was going to be looking at me thinking, right, "Is he checking his email for somebody else at the moment? Is he, you know, checking the football scores or whatever, or is he actually paying attention to the meeting that we're paying him to be at?" So. There's something to be said for meeting etiquette and, you know, should there be some sort of a predefined set of rules before you go in to say, right, there's going to be no tech at this particular meeting. One company I was at, um, it was one of the last companies actually that I worked for, all tech was banned completely whenever you're in a meeting. There were no phones, there was no anything, you know, it was just you there with your notebooks. It it dragged on a bit, but at least everybody knew the page that they were on and there was no, um, you know, there were no sort of confusion or anything like that on that score. I thought that was quite a good thing.
0: Well, let's talk about, we know meetings have to exist. There's no question that they do. The, the, I think the real nuts of it is, is how do we make them more effective and even more efficient in the process? Uh, one of the things that, that I think that Jason's also brought up uh, in the past, and it's 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 I think it's a great thing, is to have a standing meeting. Now, when I say standing meeting, I don't mean a meeting that happens regularly at a specific time. Those That's completely different. And I, and I also think that those are a good idea because it involves less interruption. Your mindset is set to say, okay, this is the day we have the meeting or this is the time of the day we have a meeting. But when I say standing, stand up. Make the meetings so that you are standing up while you conduct the meeting because it first off, the energy levels changed, number one. And number mm-hmm. two, you can only stand up for a certain period of time. These 60, 90-minute meetings by attrition alone should shift to that twenty five, thirty minute mark. I imagine. Um, yeah, where where you can actually get focused stuff done. Where you can instead of because no one wants to stand for an hour. Mm. You know? So I think what do you have you have you ever been in a standing meeting Lee, where where you could say, okay, you know, this is where and have have they been effective, or have you not had the chance? I have to do been that yet?
1: in one standing meeting. I was in in one a couple of weeks ago, um, and the thing that I noticed that, would, that that was so different is all of a sudden there was a team feeling when you were sitting there, when you were sitting there, when you were standing there in the room. Um, if you think about the way that everybody's sat at your desks when you're in a meeting and you've got, say there's 11 of you in a meeting, you've got 11 little individual sort of blocks. So you're sat there, you've got your pad, you've got your pen, you've got maybe, you know, your glass of water, your phone, et cetera, and you're in your own little sort of unit. So that's 11 different units in this room. This, You know, that's not a team, that's 11 different people that maybe are talking over each other or talking, you know, to try and get to some form of a common goal. Whereas if everybody stood... And all of a sudden you're, you're, you know, you're into each other's body space that little bit more and, you know, everything's a little bit freer, a little bit easier. You're, you know, all of a sudden you, you've you got that sort of team ethos there a little bit more. It sort of tries to convey it. And, you know, that's one of the big changes that that, that I found with a standing meeting. It was, um, how can you describe it? There just felt like there was that little bit more camaraderie in there and those individual silos were just taken away.
0: Now, another thing that you can do, and I, this is going to sound counterproductive, uh, but I you can have more meetings within your company, but have fewer people at them. This is something that's been widely professed by even Jeff Bezos from from Amazon. Mm. I mean, he's got the two pizza rule, right? Have you heard of this where- I haven't. Yeah, so what he does is he says, if you have a meeting, never have a meeting where two pizzas couldn't feed the entire group. And that, that way, what happens is, is each of those departments can kind of take care of their own thing. So if you only have like, you know- uh, two pieces that are coming to it. you may have a, a marketing meeting that only the marketing people are at and then the stuff that comes out of that meeting gets transferred whether it's via email or whether it's through some kind of shared document or some other tool that will allow you to kind of um centralize that information a bit more but what happens is is when you do this uh you actually have less people to meeting and what happens is also um the less people, or the more people that are at a meeting, the less productive a meeting will be. I mean, one of the things he's professed is that the idea that most attendees will end up agreeing with each other uh, instead of voicing their own opinions and ideas. So this is kind of, I, I like this concept of having fewer people involved in a meeting because it kind of creates even more focus because you're not trying to, you know, please or deal with multiple people. I would have loved it at Costco if it was only like the food service people that met. Because then... It's focused and there's some inter, you know, there's some relationship stuff there as opposed Mm. to me and the guy who works in receiving who we, the only thing we had in common was the stock came in, I took it away,
1: right? Mm. You end up with the first, the first 10 minutes of the meeting actually reasonably productive. Your, Your energy levels are there and you're paying attention, but you're so desperate for it to end by the end of the 90th minute that you just agree to anything. Lee, yeah. you're going to take on the whole ownership of this particular project that's going to determine the future to come. Yeah, just, 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 yeah, it's fine. I'll take it. Just get me out of here, please. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So, I mean, I think
0: that, that keeping those meetings limited to the certain amount of people is really, really effective. And and another thing that you're going to want to do, and we talked about this already, is the, the time. Make sure you stick to that time. You know, make sure that if you're going to say this is a 30 minute meeting, don't let it go any longer than because Parkinson's law can come into effect hard and fast with this kind of thing. Lee, I, I know what Parkinson's law is, but maybe can you explain it to our listeners out there for those who aren't necessarily clear on
1: it? Yeah, absolutely. From memory, Parkinson's law basically indicates that if you've got a given period of time to be able to achieve something, even if there is a the potential to get it done quicker, you won't. It will The job will expand to fill that particular period of time. So if you've got an hour-long meeting and you've only got maybe half an hour's worth of stuff to, to cover... Lo and behold, you will find yourself with an hour-long meeting because you're going to fill it up with half an hour of craft.
0: Well, and and that is kind of one of the things that busy work people love. I'm sure, and this is everyone's come across this the the manager that they've dealt with that tries to fill the time with with just busy work. Whereas if you have parkinson 's law you know and, and you don 't let that happen and you 've got a scheduled period of time for meeting, you have no choice but to get focused work done there's not going to be that fluff that shows up there's not going to be these these things where you talk about random activities that have nothing to do with it because there's no chance of that uh, now one of the ways to accomplish this is to set a timer is to is not to rely on the clock but to rely on a timer because the clock all that will do, especially if you're like us and you are more predisposed to use your task manager for tasks and your calendar for for date-specific agreements and appointments. But a timer is kind of that middle piece of the puzzle, right? It's the one that says time is important in terms of the chunks of time that we're dealing with, but the time of day really, if you're looking at your calendar and you say, okay, mo- this meeting's supposed to end at 1.30, but I don't have anything to three, so it can go on until then. If you've got a timer, the timer will a break up the flow, b cause the disruption that you need as opposed mm-hmm. to the distractions that could be occurring within the meeting because those are two very different things. Uh, and then c it allow you to get out of that meeting to wrap things up. So a timer, this is one of those instances where a timer would be really great uh in order to, you know, kind of break up the you know the monotony which could be occurring as you get closer to the end of end of the meeting, right?
1: No, that's very true. And I suppose another option may be that if you have a designated note taker or someone like that, that's there to be able to take the meetings of their particular minute and maybe give them the responsibility of being able to make sure that those timers are adhered to completely.
0: Well, that's actually a great point. One of the things I wanted to discuss is I've come across at least one individual uh, that that. Surprisingly, loves facilitating meetings. Loves it, and I and I really? said, you're, "Yeah, you." I said, "You're a rare breed."
1: So one of the best things I ever did in my company was I brought in an experienced operator, and one of the first things that she did that was so incredibly striking was the way that she ran a meeting. Be uh, a champion of agendas that are sent out ahead of time and hold to those agendas. I was really impressed with uh, the strategy of getting people to create little mini like powerpoints or presentations for their part of the agenda so if uh, the marketing team uh, needed to talk about something during the meeting during the team-wide meeting she would actually have them lay out like a whole presentation for the entire team to get on board with and it wasn't just that uh, having those visuals uh, were useful to the rest of the team but actually going through that process causes people to be much more streamlined when they're talking about uh, whatever topic uh, is on their plate.
0: That was the CEO of Tiki, Aviv Grill, talking about how they have somebody that's just there to do that thing. So what do you think if someone came up to you in your organization and said, uh, you know what, my job is to simply facilitate this meeting. I'm an objective observer, you know, sign an NDA, whatever you want. And if they work within the company, that's that's fine and dandy. But their job is simply to keep the meeting going forward and maybe it's a position that's that's maybe someone that's that's assigned to within the company maybe it's a you know an outside force that does this for you but it keeps if that person has no you know no stake in the game other than to make sure the meeting runs smoothly that can be really really effective and i think that with all of the, the information that is coming at us from all different directions these days and the fact that we both have remote workers as well as in-office workers. And I, and I honestly think that part of the reason remote working has been getting a little bit of a backlash is because they can't be present and they yeah. can't be monitored. But that doesn't mean they're getting any less done. Jason Freed actually mentions you know, that, that remote workers, when given the time, um, the, his whole talk is why the real work doesn't happen at work. Because they can get focused work done at home. Um, You know, so having somebody there that's kind of mandated to facilitate the meeting and make sure that it goes through, whether they may not even be the one taking minutes, they could just be the one that says, okay, let's keep the ball rolling. Absolutely. Right? And I actually would recommend that they're not. Because if they are taking minutes and their focus is on capturing everything, in this place, if they're facilitating it, their job is simply to facilitate
1: and this gives you the added advantage of knowing that that facilitator has to have a pre-agreed agenda already sat there in place for him to be able to have that framework to be able to work towards anyway so one of the the reasons that a lot of meetings fall down is because the agenda is just is just unrealistic and and isn't clearly defined but if you're going to have a facilitator there He's got to be able to facilitate something where he needs that agenda to be able to work to. so that's got to be in place.
0: Not only that, but then you're going to have the follow-up actions because that's often what gets lost in the equation is you know we hmm. talk about these things in the meeting, but then their job might be to dictate if they're not taking the minutes, their job could be to do the bullet points of okay, these are the things that we need to follow up on before next meeting. So it kind of segments it out a bit. but I think by doing that, it's like anything else if you if you if you can break a project down, into the tasks that actually exist within the project, then the project gets done better. It's you're not going to be skipping any steps or or or, or going through them too quickly. In this case, what you're doing is breaking down that that quote unquote, secretary position, which is, you know, minute taker and saying, okay, this person's job is to chronicle this person's job is to, you know, kind of bullet point and and, and facilitate. And if you have those two that work together, you're going to have the minutes that. I think you end up with, well, I know you end up with more effective stuff. Now, the other thing, um, there are tools out there that will do this, you know, you have tools that are available to you that you can use to help, you know, with meeting minutes with facilitation. Um, you know, I mean, when it comes to meetings, scheduling meetings in general, and we're going to talk about like days that you should versus days that you shouldn't, uh, tools like Doodle and schedule once and Calendly, uh, Mm Um, nothing is worse, uh, than especially Doodle. Doodle is really good for this than saying, Hey, when can we have a meeting? And then you have this email dance back and forth and it just becomes a nightmare. Whereas with Doodle, you get those polls, right? Where you can say, Hey, when can we have a meeting with everyone? Now, again, the more people you invite, the 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 less likely you agree upon a time and a day. So you almost are forced to have less people in this meeting, uh, by by virtue of that. But you've used Doodle, right? Have you used Doodle? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I've used Doodle before, and it hasn't failed.
0: Touch wood yet, yeah, at it, all. It, and people, what what I've come across, and this is the reticence and, and hesitation of using these kind of tools, especially if you're a solopreneur, you're not, you know, you you're, you're not used to dealing with things this way and just rather use email is one of the things that, well, what makes you such a big deal that you have to use this, this type of calendar app, or what makes you such a big deal that you have to do this or, or who's going to use this tool? Who the bottom line is, is when you use a tool like this, you're not just saving yourself time. You're saving the other person time. You are actually walking the productivity walk not just talking the talk and whenever I've sent this off if I've had that response of well you know can't we just email it back and forth like no by doing this it's going to automatically approve the time we won't have to do the email dance back and forth I am very respective of your time just as sure as you're respective of mine and this will allow us to do that it keeps you out of that email inbox which is a whole other issue that we'll talk about in, in another episode of the podcast but it keeps It keeps that that meeting consistent. It gets it right to your calendar. It allows you to focus on the things that are important regarding the meeting, which isn't necessarily when to show up. It's
1: what are we going to talk about? Is everybody in Canada respectful of everybody else's time? Then, because <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's not quite like that over here. I mean, the amount of times that that people are late to meetings, people will just let meetings overrun. It's just oh, you know, I'd love to think that Doodle do would would work. Oh, sorry, Doodle would work a lot more, but. Well, I respect for people's time. I just I think it's something that needs to develop. It really does. I'd love to find a magic way of being able to make that happen.
0: Well, there's a magic way to let that happen in some cases. And that's to let some of those people go if they don't start respecting the time. I've fired clients who yeah, have been it's difficult, like, yeah, though it, when, but it when is
1: in that meeting and you're not chairing that meeting or you're not in charge of that meeting. That's a whole different area, isn't it? How do you how are you able to manage your own calendar to be able to allow for the fact that beyond your control, meetings are going to overrun because people, unfortunately, above you aren't as organized as you are. So tricky
0: having meetings can be tricky enough lee you're absolutely right and especially matching up with people's schedules and one of the things i wanted to talk about now is is our sponsor this week and uh, our sponsor this week is work life work life is an online tool that helps people have more productive meetings which is really what we want to do that's what we've been talking about throughout this entire episode now there are three billion meetings a year in the united states and it's estimated that 50 percent of the time in those meetings is, it's just wasted uh so uh Work Life helps teams reclaim that time by streamlining meeting best practices. There's three stages to an effective meeting. We talked about a bit of these, but the preparation before, there's the discussion time during, and then there's the follow-up afterwards. And Work Life can really help you with these. Uh, most teams end up hacking together a combination of different tools to make this kind of thing work for meeting prep, taking notes during the meeting, and then the post-meeting follow-up. But within a given meeting, attendees are, are using so many multiple systems and tools and things to capture their their notes and their action items, the data becomes fragmented and then information's lost and then action items get dropped and all of a sudden your meetings aren't nearly as productive as you want them to be. But with work life, you're getting one shared system for all your meetings and it helps ensure that everyone stays on the same page and nothing slips through the cracks. So I've been using WorkLife for a while now and I really enjoy it. My wife and I use it, we're gonna talk a little bit about how uh, we use it for our own meetings a little bit later on here. But we've been using it for a while and I really enjoy it and it's free to, free to try. Uh, and free to use. I know that they're looking at doing some uh, monetization options down the line. But at this point, go to worklife.com and check it out. Uh, Worklife will help you save time with your meetings and make your meetings more productive. Uh, It's a simple interface. Uh, It's a beautiful-looking product. Uh, I'm a big believer in what they're doing there. And if you want to have meetings that are more productive and less painful, then give Worklife a go. Head to worklife.com right now and check out what they're doing there uh, and again thanks to WorkLife for sponsoring this week's episode of the productivities podcast now to your point lee this comes to boundary setting and, and you know one of the things that i really think would be interesting to try and i don't know if this is something that 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 many companies would be willing to but i think it'd be a good idea is have you ever gone to a theater show
1: you know like live theater mm-hmm. okay yeah, what yeah. happens
0: if you show up late
1: yeah we, we we do have them over here we did invent the west end come on <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry, what, what
0: happens if you show up late
1: um, doesn't matter it's just us anyway no you can, yeah you can't get in mm. they won't
0: let you in you the door is locked and you have to wait until the second act till the break right you can't in many higher-end theater shows i mean i've been to been to you know into new york you know toronto all those you can't get in so what if you did that for a meeting what if you were the the show star, and remember theater time we all know theater time is not real time theater to, i worked in theater it doesn't start at on the dot at five yeah, o'clock PM. True. It'll start at five o five. They give you a five minute grace. You've got the grace period, so that's fine. But if you show up late, you can't get in. That's just the way it is. I would love to see more companies, uh, uh, you know, adopt a theater style of thinking where it's like, look, we won't. We the meeting starts at this time. We'll actually start at you know. We'll give you five minutes to show up. The meeting still starts, but we'll give you five minutes to show up. If you don't show up after five minutes, the door's locked. You can't get in or, or the meeting room is closed, the virtual meeting room is closed, you can't get in. And that'll definitely do one of two things. Well, one of many things, but it'll it'll say, okay, well, who are the people that are having issues showing up on time? And let's talk to them about that. Number two, the person who is knows that they have to be there at a certain time will be sure to get out of that other meeting and say, Hey, look, I have to go because I have another meeting that if I'm
1: late for, I can't get into it, and I have to be at this meeting. So I think there are – Fantastic. Wa- the think, chief financial officer is late for their meeting. Yeah. They can't get in. 50% pay rise, everyone. Yeah, that's agreed across the board. Unanimous vote. Done. Well,
0: I think that that's – I think that, that <laughs> obviously, you know, it's, it's a work in progress. But I think it's, I think it's something that someone has to – I mean it has to be considered because – Time is as you know the most I mean it's currency. <laughs> but we don't get to earn it back necessarily. We can we can sh- control how quickly it goes out the door, but we don't necessarily get to have it back. So I think that that might not be a bad some, something that that someone could pursue. But let's let's talk a it's little It's actually very
1: it's actually a very very true point because I'm a am am a contractor, so my currency is time unfortunately mm-hmm. because that is what people buy from me. So Well, yeah, that's just I don't it. Want to give it away.
0: That's just it. So meetings, um, Monday meetings and Friday meetings uh, are out of the question, in, as far as I'm concerned. Um, why? Well, Monday, I think everyone's just trying to catch up from what happened from the and and they and they get into the state of flow. They know what Monday represents, and they just get in. They also know what Friday represents. Um, Fridays. And well, by so- and
1: large, my, my my standard week is on on a Friday. I'll be closing my week. I've got a very strict finishing schedule for the week. I will close off on a Friday so that I know that when I come in on Monday, I can hit that ground running and I'm away. Right, right. I'm working. I'm on those projects. I'm you know I'm getting the between sort of seven and nine or seven and ten in the morning. You know all of those frogs are getting eaten. I'm I'm you know the weekly frogs. They're gone. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm eating them. I away for the week. i I don't want to be having that disrupted by someone else's you know somebody else's emergencies. So Monday morning meeting.
0: So how do you deal with those who want to have meetings on Mondays and Fridays? then have you have you been able to reconcile that or or at least? yeah,
1: essentially my calendars blocked out.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's me on that. again setting boundaries, right? So yeah. even if you use a tool like Doodle or, or like uh, Schedule Once or whatever, if your calendar's blocked out, they can't. And that's the same thing with me. I mean, people cannot book meetings with me on certain days of the week. They just can't, mm. or certain times of the day yeah, no, I've tried. days. Yeah, I know. (laughs) But Thursdays are normally a good day for me because it's like the tail end of the week in terms of when I can probably get somebody's attention. And also for me, I also look at it, and this is how I theme my week. And theming is another tool that you can use for this kind of thing. Is that Thursdays, my son is home with my 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 wife. Getting out of the house is a good idea for me because to do anything in the house can become problematic. If, you know, if I'm trying to do work or or record audio or whatever, because my son, I can't tell him to be quiet. I mean, that's not fair Mm -hmm. to him. So those are days where I love to get out of the house and do stuff like that. So I think, again, setting those boundaries, saying, hey, you know, I can't, I don't have meetings on Mondays or Fridays. And if you are in a situation where it's like we have to have that Monday meeting... um, a Monday status report would be far better off, which, which, and they've talked about this in some of these articles that we're, we're citing here is that you shouldn't have a meeting to, to, to do a status report that can be done via email or via some other format. Um, you can send off a report to the, your superior saying, here's where we're at or share it in a, I mean, you could use a shared Evernote notebook for that and, and everyone can see their status reports. I mean, there are ways to do that. Meetings. If you're gonna have a meeting that that needs to dive in deeper for planning purposes, Tuesday, Thursday, Wednesday, those days should happen. But to have a mm-hmm. Monday status report meeting, again, it's it's it creates anxiety for a lot of people, and it ultimately, if you don't set the agenda, which a lot of people don't, and you don't have time constraints, yeah. and you have too many people there, it's ultimately wasting time, and then that status is del- <laughs> the status isn't nearly as as ideal as you would like.
1: agree. I think a lot of it's a control freak in us as well because we obviously, you know, we've got that 100% control over our time in the week and we do everything that we can as productivityists to um, ensure that we are making the most of every single minute that we've got, you know. The same way that you make every single cent or every single dollar count, it's all got a job. Well, for me, every single minute's got a job and I don't want somebody else dictating what I'm doing with that particular minute. So yeah, that's why those boundaries are put in to be able to make sure that I've still retained that level of control.
0: And an agenda is task focused, not time focused. The time constraints exist, but you're focusing on the tasks at hand, which makes is what makes meetings productive. If you're dealing with those tasks as opposed to how much time we have left in the meeting or how much can we get done in this period of time. You're gonna yeah. have a more effective meeting.
1: Yeah. Because how many times have you had an agenda which says we're gonna spend half an hour on this and that half an hour automatically turn, turns into 50 minutes because you haven't um taken into account, you know, one particular factor that somebody's gonna talk about, you know, for that particular section. It's it's it happens all the time. Right. So it needs to be on that task. And, and that's and, where the facilitator comes in to be able to, to to manage that.
0: And a facilitator should be able to look at this just like when you look at your tasks in your task manager and say if they see something on the agenda that isn't specific enough, get more specific. You know, say, hey, you know, instead of saying, let's talk about problem X, it should be, let's talk about this aspect of problem X. Like, if you, the more specific you can get, and maybe it's the smart goals that you want to look at, like specific, measurable, uh, action-oriented, or uh, uh, what is it? Uh, gosh, I can't remember <sighs> right now.
1: attainable, realistic, and time.
0: There you go. Amazing. Thank you. Um if you have those in mind, then you're going to be able to, to really lock down those tasks. But one of the things before we wrap up I want to talk about is the meetings you're not having. Because I've, the goal of this, this episode wasn't to say don't have meetings. It was to say have the right meetings and do them right. Mm. One of the posts I wrote about a long time ago uh, was the one meeting that you're not having that you probably should. And it's a meeting I have every week with my wife. And it's a meeting, it's not date night. A lot of people go, oh, well, that's saved for date night. No, because then it's not date night. <laughs> it it becomes let's plan our meals, let's talk about finance, let's do this. No, every Monday my wife and I have a meeting where we actually have an agenda and it's and we use you know, we, we we basically say, Hey, this is what we want to cover so that the rest of the week we can enjoy each other's company and, and you know, make things happen here. Do you have meetings like that regularly, or or, or is that something you've really um, kind of shied away from? I
1: try to, I try to with my wife. It's something that we're, that we're slowly sort of trying to phase in. She she doesn't really want to be treated like a work colleague where possible. So when I first suggested it, you know, it, it didn't seem to go down that well. But she is starting to see the the benefits because yes, we will meet up now regularly to talk about right what dinners are we going to be having this week? You know what? When are you planning on going out? You know, let's make sure that we get it on the calendar. You know, what do you need to do this week? What do I need to do? So yeah, we do have that, and we're trying to get more with the i've got three daughters and we're trying to make sure that we're not so much meeting up with them you know regularly but but ensuring that there's there's specific times set out in our calendars for me to be able to sit down and and you know spend time with one of them where all we're doing is talking about how school's been this weekend you know what work she's been covering and that that sort of thing that then they're the sort of things that you can take for granted because you think oh well if we sit down and talk over dinner well then, you know, we're getting away with it and that's fine. But, you know, it's not. You, you haven't got there 100% attention, have you? And, and those are things that can really, really slip you by. And when one of your roles in life is as a husband, as a father, you need to take that role as seriously as you would do, you know, being a contractor or being a, you know, a publisher or whatever. If anything, it's more important. So the meeting should be more important.
0: Well, one of the things I've found since my wife and I started doing this practice is that when we do have time just to sit down and talk, we actually talk like about just random things. So not the Ooh. meeting time, but the outside of meeting time. So when we're just sitting watching TV, we actually have great conversation because we've already covered all the other stuff that yeah. would be getting in the way. And, and that's a very good point. And, and the other thing that I've, I've noticed is that when you think about, think about sports clubs, for example, um, they're a team, right? And they have regular Ooh. practices and they have team meetings and all that stuff. They're not, they're not treated as workers by their teammates. They're teammates, and that's how I look at my my. my fa- We're all in this together, right? So the term meeting is is to me. The reason I use that trigger word is because you know what a meeting should be and what it is and what the ultimate results should be from them. Um, often that those aren't the results, but that's what they should be. Whereas, you know, like date night or dinner time conversation, I mean, those, if you start to infiltrate, which is the whole, I guess, idea between work-life shifting and all that stuff, is that if you do this at work to become more effective at work... Why wouldn't you do this at home to become more effective at home? And yeah, my wife was pretty hesitant at first too. She's like, well, I don't want to be a worker necessarily. I'm like, that's not what this is. You are so important to me that I want to make sure that we are able to spend the time we spend together together. The unstructured, unscheduled, just fun time, like when we're heading off to, as, we, as this airs actually, we'll be in Mexico enjoying each other's company. <laughs> um, you know, we want to be able to have those moments because those moments matter. It's just as, but in order to have those moments, you have to do that front end work to say, okay, well, before we leave for vacation, have all the bills been paid, have all this, have all that. If we did that at random times, who knows what kind of focus we would have. But if we're doing it at a structured time, that those constraints help. So, uh, anyone who says, "Oh, well, that may- it sounds too businessy or too whatever," then call it what you will. Call a summit. We're gonna have like, you yeah. know, you know, like a like a a husband or a partner summit on, on like whatever it has to be. But I think these meetings, these get-togethers, these 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 focused sessions, if you will, are critical. It, again, they need to be structured in in a way that that they aren't time wasters, um, but they will help you. Over long-term planning, over long-term success, because if, if we want to use GTD terms, you don't want to be on the runway or 10,000 feet forever. You want to hit, who are you with? You're with your partner. Those 50,000 feet goals are where you want to be. And mm-hmm. I think that those steps um, of having just a regular, and weekly may not have to be what happens. You could do bi-weekly, you could do whatever, but the point is they will strengthen your relationship and your resolve to get to those higher levels of focus.
1: Yeah, I think the hesitancy that our wives have shown is actually a little bit of a smokescreen. Because now that we've started having these these meetings, I seem to be delegated an awful lot more work than I would have been doing if I hadn't had these meetings. So yeah, is, the, it's you know, not, the it's... amount of decorating that I've now got due over the next quarter is just ridiculous. I'm, I'm thinking of shelving them to be honest. Yeah, it's, it's it, not working for me.
0: You got a context <laughs> called Honeydew, and it's a total. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, before we wrap up, one thing that that uh, I want to mention. And this is exactly what happens in a lot of meetings. Uh, the economist John Kenneth Galbraith said, <laughs> meetings are indispensable when you don't want to do anything. And that's not what meetings have to be. If you follow some of the stuff we've talked about, some of the the, uh, the quotes we've cited, which we'll be putting in the show notes as well, of course, and, and some of the, the uh, audio snippets that you've heard here, you're going to be able to make meetings matter uh, as opposed to make them kind of get in the way. And that if there's such a huge productivity waster, um, hopefully what you've heard here today and we'll probably revisit this topic at some point in time with others uh, Lee and I are just one perspective we've got other people out there and Lee is actually going to be doing some more stuff here on the podcast as well uh, yeah. over the course of you know the many months in, and beyond that we're doing this because one of the things I wanted to do was uh, I had a, I had a meeting with my with my with my headphones as I was heading to San Francisco and heard just some of the some of the great work that Mike Hurley's doing over at um, relay.fm and I listen to the inquisitive podcast uh his first uh, episode of the behind the app series and it blew me away so kudos to him for delivering such a great great episode and if you haven't listened to that episode yet and you're uh an ios user Um, it'll be especially relevant to you, but just listen to the way he's produced that thing. And that's kind of where I want to go with this, with this podcast and with the people that are working with me here, as well as the people that I've been able to talk to over the years and years of podcasting and, and blogging, I have no doubt that we can get there. Uh, and, uh, maybe, maybe I think the team at productivity and I have to have a meeting to figure out how we can get there. What do you think? I think that could be done.
1: <laughs> I think it'll be the most efficient meeting that you're ever going to have. You should record it.
0: <laughs> and hopefully most effective. Um, where, where can people find you when you're not hanging out with me over here at Productivityist?
1: Uh, thank you. Um, you can get me on Twitter at SoliumSays at my blog, which is SoliumSays.com. And I'm also a contributor and podcaster at the British Tape networkcom Thanks
0: to everybody for listening this week. Thanks to the sponsor, WorkLife. You can find them at WorkLife.com. Calm. If you're trying to plan meetings and you want them to be more productive, more effective, more efficient, no matter whether for your work or for your life, work life can help them make it better for both aspects of your life because let's face it uh, you know the reason we work is to have a better life and you know uh, i think that that using a tool like that theirs is going to be very very helpful for you so go visit them at worklife.com of course you can visit the podcast over at uh, uh on itunes you know leave a rating leave a review we'd love to hear from you Le- uh, comments about this show would be greatly appreciated you can visit the blog at productivityist.com and there's lots of other stuff to find there and if you want to support the podcast financially not just through a review or a rating. You can find us over at a patreon.com slash productivityist. And there are lots of perks ranging from the $1 mark to the $50 per month mark. And any support you can give will just help make the podcast better, especially since we're going to be adding more layers and more depth to it as the weeks and months go on. Thanks to everybody for listening. And don't forget to be more effective, be more efficient, be better than ever. Keep moving things forward. And we'll see you next week.